not. Looks like a Zelda moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's a leg. Whoops. There we go. <clears throat> welcome back to getting uncomfortable around a small wooden table. <laughs> <laughs> right. This table is too small. Hello and welcome to J Play the Playism Podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Nyan Ramachandran, and with me we have Dan Stern and Plays and Brian. Hey guys, how's it going? It's been a long time since we've been on the podcast. Actually, so okay, so before we started the podcast, uh, we were talking about a bunch of different stuff. I want to address this before we actually get to our topic. Okay, so to catch everybody up, these two believe that I have subconsciously somehow listened to a Taylor Swift song I have never <laughs> heard of. Not subconsciously somehow. You go to bars, and surely it's been played at those bars. You can't hear music in bars. Of course There's you can like, hear music no, in bars. People are talking too loud. So, well, Wait, I, no, mean, I can't hear people because the music's playing too loud. It's true, but it's just white noise. It's like just a massive noise. I can't really hear what the music is. But at that point, wouldn't that be subconsciously just by its very nature? I mean, it's just bombarding you and you're not even paying attention to it. So surely you had to have heard it somewhere in the sleepy gray matter. Without consciously realizing. I, th- I think we're hitting on the uh, the definition of this thing. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> no, I think, no, my, here's my issue. I don't think I've ever heard this song. I'm positive you have heard it at least at some point in the last, God, six months, seven months. Hmm. Dude, we haven't even said the song's name. It's, it's Shake It Off. How could a person at this point not have heard Shake It Off? I had not listened to a single Lady Gaga song until like a year ago. So how is that even possible? That, it's so easy, dude. That it's is super not possible. Easy. Like, it's super easy. All you do is you do only awesome things. <laughs> I'm kidding. Lady Gaga's pretty kidding. awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't... My, I, she's cool, and I guess. I don't know. I've never known her. American but Horror Story. Does it mean something? She's in American Horror Story? She's in the newest season of American Horror You're Story. You're kidding me. No, no. I'm deadly serious. Man. I knew there's a reason I wanted to watch this. No, no. Like, well, besides the show, is <laughs> absolutely fantastic. But like, I'm a huge Lady Gaga fan. I like self-aware pop music. When I was a kid, it was actually a point in my life where I didn't like music. Uh, I only liked Michael Jackson and Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, I only like... Gregorian chant and pots hitting each other <laughs> at random intervals, neither of which I consider to be actual music. <laughs> now, basically picked the two like polarities of pop music, the iconic king of pop and then pop. Yeah, like the gesture of pop. Exactly right. All right. No, here's the thing though, dude, is like, I, I don't know how, but I have not heard like any pop music in like 10 years. That's incredible. I don't, I, I find it incredible that you think that's incredible. I've even been here especially consecutively, even longer than you have. Mm-hmm. I understand how hard it is to keep up on, like, pop anything, shows or movies or, or music or whatever, uh, comics, whatever, while you're living in Japan. But I was not able to avoid Lady Gaga or Taylor Swift. I've heard the names. Yeah. I know I know what they look like because I looked them up on the internet once. But, like, honestly, like, I did not know what Lady Gaga's music sounded like. I had no idea. And when I, when I listened to it, I was like, I've never heard that song before. There was a period of time when, for a year, solid, you could not walk past shops selling secondhand computers without them just blaring Lady Gaga music. It would either be Just Dance or Bad Romance or later on Alejandro. And poker it, Face it, too. Poker Face especially, yeah. yeah. And I mean, the two examples that Dan gave are really interesting because I feel that Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga both have not only a strong presence in Japan, but like an incredibly strong presence as Western pop music. Like Japan by and large loves Western pop music, but sure. those two idols stood out really strongly in Japanese, like tweens, teenagers, and 20 somethings. Especially Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga got huge super quick because she yeah. loves Japan. And in Western like personalities, the number one trait that Japan loves is that the person loves Japan. Case in point, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. No, actually, the, of those songs that you listed by Lady Gaga, I've only ever heard of Poker Face. I only know of it because my mom listens to Poker Face. And I was like, what is that? 
And she said, it's a Lady Gaga song. And I was like, I'm going to look this up on YouTube. And then I don't actually know what genre of music Taylor Swift plays. Pop. Money. I, I mean, like <laughs> money. But, you know, I obviously know what Taylor Swift looks like, mostly mm-hmm. because of uh, Kanye West. I mean, like, I know Kanye. I listen to a ton of Kanye, but mm-hmm. it's like, I like Kanye West. But I only knew who Taylor Swift was because of Kanye West. Mm-hmm. If that had never happened, I would still have no idea who she is. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know what she looks like, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I found out that she's a person who makes music. And uh, that was when my ed- education ended. It's basically all I know about her is that she makes music <laughs> and then she's younger than me. And that's pretty much it. Your responses are really like surprising to me. Pop is super easy to avoid and i actively avoid it like i hate pop music so i avoid it it's it's easy to avoid pop music um if you mostly use the internet and don't listen to the radio mm-hmm. except the part about this that i find incredulous is the part where you go to bars frequently and mm-hmm. you still say that you haven't heard the stuff think- and i that's where I, I think it seems impossible one most of the time i go to karaoke bars so I'm not listening to any music. I'm listening to people sing bad music. Yeah. And it's mostly Japanese music, right? Because it's a bunch of old Japanese business. On, I've been to regular bars with you. Oh, I guess I've never noticed it. All Every right. other bar I go to that isn't a karaoke bar like is like owned by like 80-year-old Japanese people. Mm-hmm. They're also not going to. They're playing Inca in their bar. I've actually been into places that have like plenty older Japanese people that are playing some hardcore rap. I walked into a Family Mart one time. Family Mart, you the viewer, might not know about this. It's a convenience store. I walked into one that was playing 3-6 Mafia one time. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a joke. They were playing Slob on my knob. It was was amazing. Because everybody else is just walking around doing their shopping like normal. And I'm the only one to whom this is hilarious. And nobody knows, nobody knows what any of this means either, right? No, like, of course not. Nobody in the store is like, slob on my knob. I'm sure they're talking about ice cream. No, they're just listening to music. And they don't actually even see it as like a hardcore rap song. It's just background noise to them. Mm-hmm. The complete lack of discrimination for music in Japan is like, it is, it is a constant surprise to me. Mm. Where only in Japan do people put like Circa Survive and Avril Lavigne in the same <laughs> goddamn category. They're both rock music. I'm like, get the hell out of my house. <laughs> get out. And no pleasant sounds of a man humming quietly. <laughs> <laughs> he just hums along with it. <laughs> Deep cuts. See, here's the thing. Is I, grew up, I grew up in like the, like, you know, sort of in that group of kids in high school they're like all counterculture and was like everything that's popular sucks so like I, that's how i grew ah. up right so like basically i mean I'm, nothing has changed i still think that <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> no i mean that's not no that that's entirely true first like from the standpoint of like other media like you do like a lot of things that are that are popular but also just flat out good anyway and they're, they're, sure. they're popular because they're really good. Mm-hmm. Sure. TV shows are a really good example. I think TV shows are actually kind of the the, the exception to the rule, to be honest. Right. The, more often than not, popular shows are actually really good. But like the stuff that gets posted on forums all the time, like, check out this show, it's awesome. Those tend to be actually good. Well, here's the thing, though. They're not three minutes long. They don't, like, have a hook. Or if they have a hook, they need to maintain that interest. Music works differently. You can have a certain melody that stimulates the brain just enough to keep people's interest and keep people, like, really into the song. And in order to make it, like, easy to remember so that, like, it comes up when they don't mean for it to. Like, uh, pop music especially is formulaic enough. You can sort of generate something to be without it just being so good that it, that it becomes popular. Mm. Like, there's a difference in music between pop and popular, right? Of course. Of course. Yeah. If you like pop music, that's totally cool. I want to show you Shake It Off so I can find out if that's really, really the case. Yeah. Maybe let's do that after the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We'll do that after the podcast. 
And then next time on the podcast, I will either be eating crow or or not. Is it just going to become a thing where you make a blanket apology to one group of people during the podcast? Because you did this last time for uh, <laughs> idol groups. That was also pop music. This is great. This is becoming like a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome uh, back to Nyan Hates Something. <laughs> hey, it's always, I always hate pop groups. You notice that? It was, first it was Japanese <laughs> pop groups. Now it's American. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. So actually, one thing I wanted to do before we get to our main topic for today. This is something that I don't know why we've never done this up until now, but like I, I really want to talk about like our, our uh, upcoming releases actually Ooh. on Playism. This is actually a good month to talk about because we actually have quite a few things coming out. Uh, so the first one I wanted to talk about, and I'm actually going to lump it two games into one, Pink Hour and Pink Heaven. So Pink Hour and Pink Heaven are demos, not even demos, they're free games. They're not even demos. They are promotional free games tied into Studio Pixel's Carol Blaster, creator of Cave Story, Dice Game Maya, awesome dude. Looks incredibly young. Incredibly young. I cannot believe he has children. Yeah. He looks young enough to be my child. Maybe not that young, but he looks really young. <laughs> Actually, well, I don't know. I mean, I think it's because look at me right now. Yeah, but I keep thinking you're, you're 32 and you are. But then I look at you <laughs> and I'm like, well, he doesn't look young enough to be the child of a person who looks like you. No, okay. So anyway, so, so Pink Hour and Pink Heaven are two free games in which you play as a fluffy pink office lady who is the sister of the main character in Carol Blaster. So, I mean, we've all played this, right? We've all played this? Yeah, I played both. I played Pink Hour to QA it because I did the, I worked on localization for it. And that was a long time ago. It was all, like more than a year ago. Yeah, that I played it. So I actually, I mean, I remember like the story beats, and I remember like the document stuff. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. I'm kind of removed from it. I actually want to get your impressions of like, like what you thought of those games. The, specifically, the reason that we're talking about this is because Pink Hour and Pink Heaven have been available on Playism for a long time. Uh, not Pink Heaven, but Pink Hour has, and Pink yes, Heaven Pink recently Heaven. came it's out recent. on Playism, yeah. and then now they're both available on Steam, Steam. Uh, as as free downloads. There is no additional cost. It's not like ninety nine cents to buy. It's totally free. Uh, Pink Hour was actually in the top scroll banner on Steam yesterday, which was super cool. Yeah, that felt good. Um, but now those both both those games are out, and I want I really love these games, and I really want people to play them. Mm. But I want to hear your impressions, like Dan. What do you th- like? You're it's your first time playing these games, right? Yeah, that was my first time to play Pink Heaven uh, and Pink Hour. I played it the other day. Um, I was like, and that wasn't any for any particular reason. I just like I realized, you know. This is, you know, it's just something exciting that, that people are, are, are getting to have better access to because now it's on Steam and it's more convenient and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, like Carol Blaster is one of my favorite games that we've done. I haven't played Pink Hour yet. I was like, you know what? Like I have, I have stuff I like actually really need to get to, but I was like, I'm going to set a couple of, uh, a couple of hours aside. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I play these like right now. I'm just going to get this out of the way. Not knowing how long they are. And then I, I, I cleared, like, I got both of the endings from Pink Hour in, like, 30-ish minutes. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. not a long game. No. Yeah. It's not long, but it's, like, it's a really satisfying experience. Absolutely. Mm. I was like, wow. Like, there are a lot of, like, nuggets of good good experiences in there. There's some really great dialogue. There's some, some cool uh, exchanges. And that's kind of what I was playing for. Like, the gameplay is just, it's, it's more good uh, Carol Blaster levels. Mm-hmm. What I what I was really playing for was to get more experiences out of it and to get more like more dialogue exchanges and see what other like sort of like clever like sort of cookies I could come across. Mm, not actual cookies. Mm, but cookies are delicious. They are delicious. All of the dialogue was really great. There were like some legit parts that that, that made me laugh, like mm-hmm. legit laugh. Mm-hmm. Overall, the the script is it's so incredibly like endearing is a good word for yes. it. Yeah, mm. it just kind of made me really happy. Yeah. Like recently, okay, so I'm playing Undertale right now. Mm-hmm. 
And Undertale makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like a, a, a major aspect of his success right now. Absolutely. Is that it, it makes people feel good in the same way that like, like Fifth Element or something like that. Fifth Element or maybe like Ghostbusters or mm-hmm. uh, Caddyshack. I can watch these movies forever. I've seen all three of those movies well over 20 times each. Yeah. And that's because like beat for beat, they make me feel good. I say I say yeah because I know that he's seen those. Not yeah, I've also seen them twenty times. I already, I've never seen. Right. I know you've never seen Caddyshack. I've never seen. Because we've talked about this like a dozen yeah. times. Yeah, I keep telling you, you got to see it. Why put it on Netflix? I'll watch it then. <laughs> um, in any case, the, the, I mean, the point is that the exchanges are good. It's got a, just it's this atmosphere and like this endearing charm that just makes me happy to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm when I'm playing uh, Pink Hour and Pink Heaven, both like I like being there. Yeah. Adventure Time is the same way for me. I just want to be in that world. I want to be with those people. And sort of just experiencing that just feels really good to me. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it's just really great gameplay. Goddamn, it's more more Carol Blaster and excellent gameplay. Uh, I finished both of those, and I haven't gotten around to trying the hard mode of uh, Pink Heaven. Oh, okay. But the Pink Hour hard mode is legit. It is really hard. Like, at first I thought the regular mode was, like, kind of challenging, and then I, I got a better handle on it, and I just, like... Like switched my way through it, yep. and I was like, "Oh, that wasn't so bad." I don't know what everybody's talking about. And then I tried hard mode. Yeah, and all of the platforms are smaller than your character. Yep. And then there are enemies are trying to like knock you off of them yep. and get in the way and just kind of kill you with everything that they have. Safety relies on just a pixel. Uh, I see what you did there. Uh, do you? Can you draw me a roadmap? Because <laughs> I don't know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was a great experience though. I'm I'm really glad I played them. And I'm actually, I sort of regret, like, not doing it sooner. Mm. I'm actually, you know, honestly, I'm really glad that you said that the, the games make you happy. Obviously, that, you know, the original script that Pixel did was fantastic. But there is something to be said for trying to retain the feeling of that in localization. Yeah. And when Josh and I did the localization for Pink Hour, because we did the, the localization for Pink Hour before Care Blaster, and it was honestly a little bit nerve-wracking, like, because we were like, we really want to retain the feeling of it as it is in Japanese and make it so like happy-go-lucky but not annoying and like endearing and cute but at the same time not pandering. Mm-hmm. There's something there's something we've said for how simple the script is in that it wasn't that much effort for us to, to, to like retain that feeling. But I'm just happy that we were able to like keep that uh, in the English version because like even now when I go into the Pink Hour Steam page and you look at like people who are posting pictures from you know that final scene in Pink Hour where she's trying to buy a copy of Carol Blaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that scene, I really, really loved doing the the text for because we were trying to figure out ways. Because you know it keeps calling back all these other games. It's like no, 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 that's La Milana. No, Carol Blaster has a frog in it. And it's like no, 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 that's Acid Breed. That's a gorgeous 3D game. Yep. Carol Blaster is a retro 2D game. And like, it, I, I kind of loved that he he was like. It's Car- that's no, that's Lama Lana. Carol Blaster is far cuter. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> that was adorable. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's what I really loved about it is that like he, showing like I, I love the idea of like showing reverence for his peers, and that's what one of the most fun things that we had about about, about the whole thing because he was like, I felt like that was like a message like, yeah, I'm part of the players and family now. Like all these other devs that we play as and works with, I want to acknowledge their existence. Right, we're all yeah. part of this like big family. Yeah, you know, and I, that's why I, th- I find that that part so awesome, and I love the fact that they're actually out of Carol Blaster. They don't have copies of Carol Blaster. Sold out. The store in Pink Hour does not have copies of Carol Blaster. They had one. I think is it is is that it? Like the the 
thought they they were not out of it or it wasn't out yet. I think he's still at, looking at the end, for a like, copy. At, was it was it Pink Hour or Pink Heaven? At the end, he's like, "Oh, here we go." Oh, no, I think that was Pink Hour. Uh, I think it was Pink Heaven because in Pink Hour, it's like, "What? You're them, out?" Well, no, I no, played no. them back to back. Maybe that's what's messing me up. I think with Pink Hour, they had a copy because for the ending of Pink Heaven, remember um, when Pink Heaven dropped on Playism back in the summertime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually had that as kind of a not only a new demo for Carol Blaster, but also kind of an extended teaser to let people know that something big was going to be happening with, with Carol, Carol Blaster. Right. And that's actually the last scene in Pink Heaven is she goes into the shop and she wants to tell the shopkeeper something about Carol Blaster, and they have the whole dialogue. Uh, of that's that. right, that's yeah. right. That actually reminds me of the um, the trailer for... Oh, it's actually the Carol Blaster trailer on Steam. It's a special trailer just for Steam, and it's just pe- people going, November 11th? Yeah, November yeah. 11th? Yeah. November 11th? November 11th? November 11th? Like, it's just so <laughs> silly. Like, it's... Yeah. You have all these characters just kind of looking at each other like, what? November 11th? And it's just like, oh, it's so endearing. Like, I don't know how he does it, but like, it's so simple too, because it's not even like, it's not, you know, super detailed art. In fact, that that's the beauty of it. It's not super detailed art. It's not like this, you know, convoluted dialogue. Simple dialogue, simple, like, sprite art, but each character elicits so much. Yes, yes, absolutely. With so few colors and so few, uh, uh, so like such a low resolution. Like, I might even actually, I kind of want to liken him to early comics, like comic strip artists, mm-hmm. like uh, like Charles Schultz. Yeah. Uh, or maybe even maybe even Watterson. There's there's just something in, very endearing about his characters and his dialogue, and like he doesn't have to say a lot in order to to get like a really great feeling across. Watterson's often like trying to communicate a certain message. Uh, so maybe Schultz is a better. Uh, I think example. Schultz is a better example, actually. Yeah. There are a lot of like I'm not even into to, to Peanuts characters that much. I like seeing their exchanges, like whether it's a good or bad outcome. I'm happy for them. Totally. No, I agree with that. So Pink Hour and Pink Heaven are both out now on Steam. Mm-hmm. You guys should totally pick them up and play them. They're short. They're free. Mm. There's no reason not to play it. In fact, it's actually if you've despite the fact that Carrot Blaster has been out for a year now and plays them, it's coming out. When's the date? November 11th? Is that what it could, <laughs> could be? It could be 11th. So, it actually like, hits me now, though, like how close that is. Man, that's yeah. insane. That's next week. It yeah. is crazy. It's yeah. five days, man. Um, and, you know, so it's coming out on November 11th. If you are not sure, I mean, I can't imagine that your computer would not run it. But let's say you have a really old computer or, you know, you have a Chromebook or something. You want to make sure that it runs. <laughs> download Pink Heaven. Download uh, Pink Hour. If those run well, Carol Blaster and Rumble. It's the same engines, the same like level of like fidelity, the same number of objects per screen. Like oh, it's yeah. Carol Blaster is not more crazy. It's also, I consider Pink Hour and Pink Evan uh, like a fantastic appetizer for Carol Blaster. I, I think Carol Blaster, not counting um, Zangyo mode, which is the new mode that's been added for the Steam version. Yeah, yep. you're talking about overtime mode, yes? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it's actually called Zangyo mode in the game. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they wanted to keep that. Apart from that, uh, Carol Blaster is actually easier than Pink Hour and Pink Evan, like mm-hmm. considerably easier. But if you want to get a taste of what that game is all about. I think Pink Hour and Pink Heaven are like fantastic games to try out. Be like whether or not you're going to like it. And when you like it, you're going to love Care Blaster because it's got like more weapons, more levels, more bosses, all that stuff. Right? I actually had a really good opportunity while uh, Pixel or uh, Amaya-san was working on the, the Steam version of Care Blaster and mm-hmm. planning out like, because he, he didn't want to like just plop out the, the, the same version on, on a Steam and just call it done. Right. He, wanted, he wanted to make this something special. Right, right, right. He, just wanted, to be, he wanted this to be an occasion. So he, he put a lot of like extra work into first the Zongyo mode and um, some of like the, the, some of the stuff that he wanted to do, like, so like the balancing to the, to the difficulty. Yeah. Because he didn't want it, he wanted to find like what's a good balance, what's too hard and what's too easy, and he wants it to be challenging, but he doesn't want to be insanely hard. So I actually had a great opportunity where uh, Josh and I got to sit down with 
with him and talk about talk about difficulty and like what what's too hard for Americans? What's like what do Americans want in difficulty? Right. That was a lot of fun. That was so good. <laughs> That's um, super cool. There actually are parts of of Kira Blaster that are like weird spikes of difficulty. Uh, I mean, and I, I don't mean that in the way that like you know when I played it, song, I was it wasn't like like when I played it, I was like, oh man. This is just broken. It was more like I played through it, and I was like, "Man, this part's really hard." Right. right. Yeah. And then right after, I was like, "Oh, why is this easy again?" Uh, and and I don't find Care of Lesser easy as much as I find it manageable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like certain parts, like you know, the 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 running clock boss when you're on the back of the train. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that yeah. boss is so hard, and the part right after it is way easier. And then the last boss is really really hard, but I don't think it's too hard. Yeah. I think the last boss is perfect. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm so glad that you guys had the chance to do that. I'm so glad that he's looking into that because. That game basically could be turned from the game it is now, which I think is incredible, into like damn near perfect, like really fine tuned into like the perfect platform. But I think, I mean, that kind of shows like the the level of like detail that he looks at his games at. You know, mm-hmm. Pixel is a really adequate name for his studio. Yeah, because it's almost it really is almost like he adjusts everything to be in the perfect position. Yeah, yeah, Pixel perfect positions so that the balancing is just right and the game is just right. Like he really yeah. does want things to be perfect. Yeah. No, I, I completely I completely agree with you. Yeah. So to sum up that, Pink Hour and Pig Heaven are out now. Uh, Care Blaster is out in, on the 11th. If you've already bought it on Playism, then you'll have a Steam key. There's already a Steam key waiting for you, actually. So go get on your Playism account and grab it. If you don't have a Playism account, that's cool. When it comes out on the 11th, just buy it, play it, have a great time. There's going to be achievements and trading cards. It's all going to be awesome. Um, the next one I want to talk about, like the really, the one of the bigger ones that I really have been trying to talk about, because I think this game is super cool, is uh, Goku of War. Yeah. So Goku of War. So uh, we, before we get into what the game is all about, because I do think the game is super cool. I call, I call it like Chibi Destiny. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but it's basically like we, you know, Goku, like, I mean, if you've never heard of the game, you know, we're talking about it on the podcast. It's G-O-C-C-O of war. Um, and Can we Goku, talk about why that means, why why it's called Goku of War? Yes, because I want to get into why we why we did what we did. Yes, please. Okay. So, please. So in the first place, uh, Goku is the word for like, for like playing at something. Yeah. It's not the word for, for playing. It's the word for playing at something. For example, uh, Goku of War comes from a, uh, a sort of like uh, direct translation of Senso Goku. Senso means war, and Goku is the the word that you'd use for for playing. And so, like, it's sort of like imagine kids playing like war games, or imagine um, if you're playing tag, you call that Oni Goku. Uh, Oni is demon, right. and right. so that person is the person who would be it. They're playing as a demon, and then they go running and go get their their friends or whatever. You know, they go tag everybody. So, but, but they're pl- they're playing at being whatever this is. So, would Civil War reenactment be Civil War Goku? <laughs> <laughs> I have some people in South Carolina who would disagree with you. <laughs> the South will rise again. <laughs> uh, no, so anyway, so the thing was that, like, you know, the name, the biggest problem with it was that, like, Peakbox was really, Peakbox No. 2, the developer and publisher, or the developer and, I don't know what the, developer and developer, developer and publisher, like, we, we've got a joint thing with them. Like, yes. Right. There's, there's three companies in the mix. There's Peakbox, who's the core developer. Mm. And there's O2 who owns the rights to the, to the IP. And then there's us who's helping with publishing. Yes. So in the case of Gucko of War, like they had already created the logo and stuff for the English. And, you know, they were ready to go with it. Mm-hmm. They were like, well, we already created the logo. You don't want to change stuff. I remember sitting uh, multiple times. I was sitting in, in a room. And like all the Japanese members of the team clearly don't understand the problem. Yeah. And I completely understandably don't understand the problem because it's perfect sense. Because Japanese is, is their native language. And then all of a sudden we're all like, what? No. 
Yeah. No, yeah. we can't do this. So like all of a sudden, and I because I was, because gofgo doesn't mean anything in English. It, right. It's not a word. Nothing. Hmm. It doesn't even sound like something that means something else. It just means nothing. And actually, here's another issue that I ran against later on is that um you know after we kind of settled on the fact that okay cool we need to like do something to like you know elaborate upon uh this idea of goko mm. i hadn't realized that people weren't going to read it as goko they're going to be like i don't know what this says g-o-c-c-o because in japanese pronunciation it's clear what it says but in the american pronunciation it could be gakko yeah they'd probably trip a lot be, over it it could J- be goko Jocho. or it could just be confusing you don't Gacho. want to mess with it it could be a bunch of stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense necessarily. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, there are, to a degree, like a lot of us have been there long, like been in the country long enough that there are even unforeseen like issues that you know that can crop up. Oh, and there's I've been we've all been in the country long enough that I'm sure this happened to you guys too, right. where I see words in other languages and I just pronounce it like it's Japanese. Oh, right, exactly. Right, and right. I'm just like, wait a minute. I do that with Spanish and I feel so bad. Oh, I feel horrible. Yeah. So what we did is, you know, we couldn't change Coco of War. There's two reasons for this. One, they had originally been on Steam Greenlight. They had actually earned like quite a bit of recognition for like the game concept and people really liking it. Yep. It would just kill like our marketing if we just changed the name all of a sudden. It, yeah. it just it's hard to like climb back up, you know. Uh, and they, Peak Fox Note Two had done such an amazing job with it. We wanted to like not let their hard work, you know, be in vain. Yeah. Uh, so we decided to keep it, but we decided like why not like grow like build upon that like the beautiful thing about English is the use... What is the word? Acronyms. Acronyms, thank you. You're welcome. I was going to say contractions. I was like, no. Like contractions. No, nope. Nope. Uh, prepositions. Not prepositions either. <laughs> so, yeah. Words. So, you know, I think we were working at it for a while. We kind of... Actually, I feel really bad about this because, like, we all decided on one and then Ms. Tanisan, our, our, our the head of Playism, came over to me and he's like, should it be like this or should it be like that? And he literally gave me two options and he was, you know, I was looking at both of them. And then I wrote down a third option and circled it and gave it back to him. <laughs> and that's why we have the one that we have now. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, I didn't ask anybody. I didn't ask for a vote. I was like, this just sounds better. Yeah. And I think because Ms. Tanya-san and I have both been doing copywriting for Playism for so long. Yeah. He just trusted that I, I would know what it sounds best in English. He just took it and gave it to them. Mm. And I felt really bad about it because I was like, I think it sounds way good. I'm not going to tell anybody about this. <laughs> but I, I don't I'm know. curious what he brought to like what the other two were. No, the other, the, the, the one was the one that we'd actually talked about. The, what was it? Um, Mark John's? Yeah, 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 yeah. Gods of Chibi Combat Online? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I really like that one. I like that one too, but I think the one that existed better, mostly because I came up with it. <laughs> no, I, I no, I think Guns of Chibi Combat Online is pretty good. I, think <laughs> it's, I thought it was great. The only we didn't, we didn't have a hundred percent agreement on it, even even between us and uh, and Peak Fox. So, yeah, uh, I really liked it. I thought it was adorable because like you look at the characters and you're like, wait a minute, gods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, exactly. It's yeah. just so cute. Yeah, I ended up with uh, what did we end up with? Uh, global Online Chibi Combat Offensive. Offensive. Yeah, yeah, which is good. I think it's I like good. That. I think it kind of like encompasses what the what the thing is all about you know it's like make believe war you know and yeah. like you know it's chibi combat and, and it's like you know it's the whole it's world coming together to online mix. to play it together you yeah know? right it's a mix of all of those ideas playing with a lot of people playing with like playing at war and just adorable like chibi stuff right so after i uh completely ignored everybody's instructions <laughs> and gave my own name for the uh 
the game. I want to talk about actually what the game actually is. So, Brian, uh, you've been playing a lot of the game. Can you talk about it? Because you've been doing a lot of QA for it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And like QA for the language and stuff. So t- t- tell us what it's all about. No problem. So basically what's happening in Goko is we're all inside of this futuristic amusement park of sorts. It's uh, referred to colloquially as GSJ, uh, the Goko Studios Studio Japan. Japan. Right, so it's like exactly. GSJ. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. And if you look at the logo for Goko, it kind of... Sort of looks like the Universal Studios logo, but not exactly. So long story short, in the future, we've completely ruined the environment. There's no pure air outside anymore. And so the only way that kids can play is to go into this like digital online park. It's basically, it's super dark in that's that aspect. That's fucking dark. It's <laughs> super dark. That's and, so dark. And that's one of the things that I actually I really like about it. I was trying to say that without dropping F-bombs. No, whatever, this is for adults. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck. But no, no, no. And that's that's something we'll get to in a little bit. But basically, so kids can't play outside. So they log into this like virtual world that's somewhere between like the Matrix and Second Life, where you just go and you play with your friends and all of these little mini missions. And oh, wait, so they're not there in person. No, they're no, not no. there in their, they're, oh, okay, okay. they're their avatars, much okay. like that movie, Footloose. So what happens <laughs> is <laughs> So everybody comes together and they're able to use weapons of both the melee and range variety to go. And there's, um, I think there's 20 quests that's built into the game initially. 20, really? Yeah, yeah. But okay. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure there are slots for future quests already built in. But, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so you go around and there's like, there's combat missions, there's like search and rescue missions, there's treasure hunting missions, there's a lot of different types of things. And one thing that always comes up is that there's this presence of air that's in the game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. air is like a energy meter that exists in the game. You need air in order to swing your weapon. You need air to shoot your gun. You need air in order to open doors, revive fallen team members. And again, there's this entire understory that's happening where like kids can play Goko for free for a little while, but then you have to start paying for air if you want to keep your character going for oh a while. Oh my god, man. Yeah. yeah. This is dystopian as fuck. <laughs> no, it's, it's amazing. Holy there's crap. all of this subtext that's happening in the game where like kids are having bad home lives and people are like wishing that other people were dead and abandonment what i played actually quite a bit and i didn't like encounter any of that stuff i I needed to understand the gameplay really well but like i wasn't yeah i played a demo i wasn't i I didn't debug the text or anything Yeah, yeah that's one of the great things that i encountered with japanese games is that these elements exist there are characters who have very real world problems in the middle of goko and they are immediately just swept under the <laughs> under the rug by the um. Uh, there's basically like a narrator who assists you throughout the different levels. Her name is Ono. You meet her very early on, mm. and every time you encounter a character who's coming up with something like this doesn't actually happen. But imagine if you walked up and you were meeting a new friend. And you're like, "Hi, new friend." And your new friend's like, mom and dad are fighting a lot. Oh, no, it's just like, we should play something else. And just immediately drags you away. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, should we talk about that? Nope. Back to play. (laughs) That is awesome. Well, that actually reminds me of a bunch of different anime. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds awesome, though. Like, I've I've actually been wanting to play it. I just, I'm like longingly looking at it on the test machine while I'm just like, oh, time to make this budget proposal. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like... I'm I'm trying to like peer at it over my mountain of uh, of games that yeah, I'm supposed yeah. to be like have already played. And... 
we actually had a great moment uh, during one of the debugs because right now, um, as many people might know, when it comes to getting a game ready for localization or even just for regular release, there's uh, what's known as the debug mode that exists in a lot of these games. And they have special options that you can toggle on and off to make the game go quicker because you're not looking for the full game experience. You're making sure that the game works well in the case of our company, looks really good in various languages. Right, and so there's no overflows, the proper line breaks, exactly make sure right. the text fits in the box. Exactly right. Yeah. So we decided to go ahead and try the online mission, myself and uh, two of the other players and employees. We made a vocal agreement that we would turn off debug mode and just play the online mission together straight. So we jump in there. It's myself, uh, the other marketing manager, Sheru, uh, and then our coworker Hugo, who does a lot of localization. And so Sheru and I, we've done it quite a bit, and we know that we need to kind of uh, hang back when we first get to some of the missions, you know, really try and pick off enemies with the gun. And Hugo, inexplicably, is just running full force into things. <laughs> and Leroy Jenkins! Yes, he's completely Leroy Jenkins. And it's even crazier because he's made himself as a small girl with, like, Blue hair and a barrette. I swear to God, he made a point. <laughs> and I, I've died two or three times. We actually need to restart the mission because I've died so many times. Well, I've been knocked out so many times that we have to restart the mission. And Hugo is just charging in nonstop, and I can't figure it out. I think he's some kind of Goko savant. <laughs> and then when we get to the end, I look over at his screen, and he's turned on God mode in Diva. <laughs> unlimited ammo, unlimited health, one-hit kills. <laughs> and I'm like, we were trying to do it as a pure play. Oh, sorry, we just decided to try it this way. No, we didn't decide. No, you decided. We... Hugo, oh, Hugo, bless his heart. Hugo is like... <laughs> What I love about Hugo, so Hugo's our localization head. Uh, no, 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 no. It's just, he's so spaced out sometimes, man. Yeah. Remember the time we were in the meeting we were talking about screen sheet? Oh, man, that was so funny. Like, okay, <laughs> oh, so, my God. So, oh, do this. So we, do were, this. we were in a meeting. We were in a meeting, and we're talking about screen. We're talking about all these games that we are interested in playing there and, and, and like maybe like doing localization for. Yeah. One of the games that we had, or I had not played, but a lot of the guys in the office had just played was Screensheet. Mm -hmm. And if you guys don't know Screensheet already, it's a, basically this awesome game where it's it simulates the cheating you already did when you were playing GoldenEye back in the day, four-player split-screen. F that. Anybody who did that is off is on my list, man. <laughs> That's just wrong. For the listeners, I'm on a list. <laughs> a lot of people did that stuff. But the, the beauty of the Screensheet is that it, it flips it, is that everybody's invisible. You have to Screensheet in order to find out where everybody is. Yeah, it's the only way to play the game because none of the characters have models until they're dead. Exactly. Yeah, right. So so Hugo is like, I didn't I don't know how I felt about the game. And I was like, real what was the problem? Hugo was like, Well, you know, I couldn't see anybody and then and then I only saw them after they died. And I had to like you know, I had to look at the I had to look at other people's screens. It's a little bit like Goldeneye, isn't it? I'm like, <laughs> like Hugo, the game is called Screen Cheat. Oh, oh! <laughs> He did. <laughs> the moment the fate will look on his face when he realized the meaning of the name of that game. It seriously like, oh man, the entire room. I'm face palming right now. I can't help it. I can't help it. Like I'm just remembering how it felt, and the entire room was doing that at the time. Um, He's a lovely gentleman bless, and a very hard worker. Bless his, bless his heart. I love. I love you. Yeah. So. We're going to cut this short real quick. We're going to be right back. And after we come back, we are going to talk some awesome Vidya James.
We'll be right back with Jay Play, the Blazin Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for listening to part one of this uh, this week's podcast. Be sure to check out part two for our talk about read-only memories. Catch you then. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.